Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Raw, The Fight Within, a brand new podcast series hosted by me, Coogan Cassius. Over the course of the series, I'll be sitting down with some of the most high-profile figures from the world of boxing, including fighters, trainers and promoters, in order to dig a little deeper and understand their own personal stories. This podcast is about much more than simply what happens inside the ring. It's about the journey, the sacrifices, the agony, the ecstasy, the highs, the lows, the tears and the fears. It's about getting to know the person. Thank you for tuning in and I really hope you enjoy it. If you do, be sure to like, comment and subscribe. This podcast is suitable for over 18s only as it may contain adult content and explicit language. Hello and welcome to Raw The Fight Within podcast with myself, Coogan Cassius. This week I'm delighted to be joined by former world champion, just a nice guy really. Yeah. Barry Jones. You ran out of boxers, did you? Absolutely not. You ran out of boxers. <laughs> That's when you come not. to. You? I said you saw me down the street and said, uh, no, uh, nice to see you, mate. How are you? To be fair, I did pull you. Not aggressively, obviously. Just You had aggressive. I said to you, like, you haven't really done my podcast. I said this for a few weeks you ago. Don't ever, you never asked me. You, you did, you, you joke, joke, all joking aside, you do sort of, more, I know I do stuff with Tevitt all the time. And then you do say you, you never do my stuff. Like you never fucking ask me, and 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 I don't. But I don't get. I don't get the asking about that because I understand you know, the more the demographic for your stuff, and then then what that is, what what you'd want off, what he wants off me, and what you would want off me are two different things. Yeah, and that's true. And that's, that's no slight issue. What you do is fantastic. I want your love. No, well, you got my love. You got my love. You got my love. You got... How are you, first of all? I'm, well, I'm good, mate. I'm really good, actually, yeah. You, you look for things to moan about, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm really bad for it, but um, yeah, things could be a lot worse, can they? They could be. Do you know what I mean? I'm still working. That's the. Somehow. What else? Everyone sacks me, and I still. And I still show, Soldier on, can't get the words. I'm not pissed. Soldier on, somehow. Do you think you're underrated? No, you are where you are, aren't you? Like I don't know. Like I like. Oh, well, I, I I do like I do see things on Twitter. I, I, of course, I do all the good stuff and the bad stuff. 
But I do say I get more good stuff than bad stuff, obviously, I understand that. But, you know, you can't take it to heart. Otherwise, I'd be walking around with a big head thinking I was the best fucking pundit commentator, and I'm not. And that's the truth, yeah, I'm not. You know, it is, it is what it is. I get work when I get work, people work, and I'm, I'm thankful for it. But I do understand that, that being famous, which I'm not, is a bigger draw for a TV company or a broadcaster than, than some old guy, you know, who knows a bit about boxing. That's pretty much what it is. So, yeah, and then, and also every time someone retires, I'm like, oh, fucking hell. It's another job I lost. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, when Carl Fanton retired, I went, oh, here we go. That's me out of work. You know, especially a boxer who knows what they're talking about. And then you've got some other good boxers now who, who might be on the end of their careers. You know, Warrington's, people like that. And they, if they want to come into TV, they're not pushing me further down the scale. So, but, you know, you've got to just keep up with the game and just trust yourself. And I'll, you know, whoever, whoever I work for, I'll do the best job I can do for them. If they want to use me again, I'm happy. And if they don't, then, you know, I've never left a company with a bad taste in my mouth. I've had a bad taste in my mouth. I've always said thank you to the people who've given me work. Even if I've left and I felt a bit hard done by or you know, that one, that, that one, that things didn't sit right, I've always said thank you for the work, because you never know. You don't come across as someone um, that kind of mums about stuff and, and, and believe that the industry owes you a living, if that makes sense. Oh, listen, do you know why it doesn't owe me a living? I mean, I get upset, like everyone else, I get upset and sad about you know, why haven't I got a contract on Sky? Why, well, why aren't I still on BT all the time? Why, you know, all these things. But there's only give me loads of work, and I'm happy for that. But then, but then I'll, I'll miss one show, and I'm like, why am I doing that all the time? Or, or, you know, it's, we all like that. You know, we nothing's enough. But it doesn't owe me a living because who the fuck am I? You know, I, 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 this, I had my last fight in January 2000. I wasn't a huge name when I was boxing, though I was a world champion. I wasn't a big star, and that's fine. That wasn't ever my focus or ambition to be that person. And I was out of the game for 10 years, 11 years, literally, like working. I, do, I didn't go nowhere near boxing. I watched boxing on TV because I'm a boxing fan. But I didn't go to shows. The only shows I used to go to were Joe Kazaki because he was a friend of mine. Mm. That was it. I wouldn't go to any of the shows. And, and, and I was involved in the amateur game on the, on the outskirts. I helped out my mate train a few kids now and again. Out of just interest that I had a normal job. And, and then I got some old box nation started and drew me back in. So, you know, like I'm more, I know more for what I do now than I am than my boxing career. A bit like Glenn McCrory when he went on Sky. More, more, more people knew him for what he did as a, as a fantastic commentator on Sky than they did for any of his boxing fights. That's just the fact. Johnny Nelson to a certain degree. No, no, see, Johnny's different. Well, that's this generation now for Johnny. But Johnny, you know, there was a point there where we were like, we had, we were, we had a massive void of champions, we had no champions, and he was our only one. So he kept Sky boxing afloat for a while. Now, we can argue about how good he was and who he boxed. You know, they wasn't loads, he didn't box loads of great fighters, but he boxed some really good ones, and, and actually, he boxed some good fighters who those wins age better after the fact, mm -hmm. do you know what I mean, down the line. But, you know, yeah, the new generation just known from Sky, but actually, you know, he, he had 18 defences, and, and he, kept, he kept boxing afloat for a little while, because he was the only champion that I think Frank Warren had for a little bit. So, yeah, you know, I think uh, you know, his place is deserved. You know, again, you know, I, I get all the time, like, you, you're, a better, you're a better pundit than Johnny. I get that all the time, quite often. I get more praise when Sky got a show than I do when I actually work. And I've had that since Box Nation, because people always want to dig out the bigger platform. And I go, well, maybe I am, maybe I'm not. I think I know more about the sport because I'm, I, I, I'm in it more. He doesn't need to know about who's, who's 
who's six and oh. He just needs to know about the big stuff. And he's a great talker. Mm. And, and so, you know, he beats me on, on a lot of other positive points. I would say that. It's like a Johnny Nelson dig out here, like a John, I can't wait for you. No. No, but I mean, but I don't, I'm not after his job. I can't get his job. His job's not in my reach. So I don't even look, I don't look at Tony Bellow's job. He's not, that job's not in my reach. I can't compete with him. I can't compete with David Hay. So all these things I hear about me being this or that. And you'll find plenty of people who think I talk shit as well. Enough of those. So, you know, it's, you flavour the month one week and you're a pile of shit the next. And you <laughs> Life. Um, all right, let's get started into this. Yeah, uh, I thought that was it, I thought we finished. No, we've not even started. That was like a... You know, like, a prequel. Yeah. Yeah. A prelims. Um, what is the one thing you would change about your life currently? Nothing to do with boxing. Height. <laughs> Height or hair, fuck. Height. I'd be taller. If You'd I could. want to be taller. Oh yeah, but not your tall because you're weird. But um, <laughs> no, you're a fucking freak. Some people go, whoa, look at him. No, you're tall. Do you play basketball? Don't want that. I, I'd like to be taller. I think. I think that's always been a, a little bit of so an issue. So it would be a physical attribute. I think so. Yeah, you know. But I, I don't know. I mean, because I'm, I'm, I'm relatively happy though. You speak to my missus. I'm always moaning because this sport. But you know that this being involved in this sport makes you constantly moan and groan about stuff. It does, doesn't it? Even though you love it, it's a weird, it's a weird sort of concept. But actually, my life itself, maybe more outgoing, maybe. Because I'm a great, I can talk to anybody, but I don't talk to a lot of people. Like, you see, you see me at shows or press conferences, and I don't really, I'm not like the one who stands in the middle going, hey, hi, hi. No, if you don't talk to me, I won't talk to you. That's not like a, fuck you. I just, I just, I'm that sort of way. Like, you know, I don't know if you've noticed. An introvert? Not really, maybe, I don't know, but a bit of a contradiction. Maybe I am and I'm not, but I, I never want to be the centre of attention. But then when I start talking, I don't fucking shut up. And I'm well aware of that, so sometimes I don't start because I know I won't stop. So maybe maybe a little bit more genuine, genuinely outgoing in, in sort of like the, the average day rather than, because I, yeah. It's, I say, same thing, I, I take my kids, I got, I, got, I got adult kids, I also got little kids. So when I take my kids to school, which I love, by the way, and then um, I put headphones in. So I'm waiting for my boy in, in the school yard. I've got headphones. I don't listen to music. I put the headphones in so I don't have to talk to the other parents. Like, the f why would I do that? Like, but it's got to a point now. That's three years in the same school. They don't want to talk to me now anyway. Do you actually do? You actually play music as well, though? No, I tap my foot. No, and I tap my foot and everything. Sometimes, no, I tap my foot and everything. I, I really play it out like on my own. No one gives a shit about me, by the way. But I remember once. I remember one time I heard uh, two women, and they're lovely women, probably talking about real mundane stuff and I went, oh, fucking hell. And they heard me and I, and I went, oh, no, I'm on the phone, I'm on the phone. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so maybe that, maybe. My missus always moans about that because I don't drink. And, that, and so, so like, we don't go out anywhere sort of thing for pubs and stuff. So we yeah. don't really, she's like, oh, you're not, you're, you're antisocial. Antisocial, there you go. Antisocial. I want some antisocial because I'm not, I'm not a partier. I did all my crazy stuff. You know, I'd never drunk since I was 17, by the way. But I did all my crazy, stupid stuff when I was young, and I had a great, like, young life up until about mid twenties. And then I ran a pub for a while, and then I, and I put me off all the shit. And uh, yeah, and I just know what my temperament's like, so I don't. I sort of, I don't like going out to too many clubs. I don't go to too many pubs. I'm never the last person to leave any fucking venue ever, because that's when all the trouble starts. And I and I'm somehow 
gravitated towards, I don't, I don't know if a lot of boxes like this, I'm gravitated towards, I got this hero complex that I think, you know, if someone's picking on something, I think I gotta go over and try and save him. And like, what am I gonna do? Look at me, like, I, I'm like five foot in the fag butt. Like, what am I gonna do? But I, I, that, that's, uh, I got that sort of like, oh, don't do that. Oh, leave him alone. Like, it's none of my bit. So I, I'm well aware, that's, and I think to stop me doing that has made me be more of an introvert about, about things. What a weird character. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you, mate? Um, difficult one, this. If you weren't or hadn't been involved in the business of boxing, what do you think you'd be doing now? Or what do you, what do you like to have thought you were, would be doing now? Well, my ambition would have been as a kid to be a basketball player. That's crazy. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I know, I know, I know, I know, but yeah, about, I, love, I love basketball, right. I love it, like, with a passion, like, when Kobe Bryant died, I cried, I don't cried anything, I haven't cried, my grandfather, my grandfather's my hero, my god, by the way, he died last year, I haven't cried, I haven't cried over him yet, but Kobe Bryant, like, like oh, so sad, like, but I love, like, I love basketball, I, I absolutely love it, everything about it, I mean, I'll watch it, and my missus hates it, because I'll just go, look at him, look at him, look at him, see the little fella, she'll go, yeah, I could be six foot two. That little fat, you know, because they're massive. Like, yeah, so, um, yeah, I'm, I, like, I want to be tall. I love tall people. But yeah, I love basketball. I would have loved to be a basketball player. Oh, no, if, if I had different attributes. But um, I would have been an electrician because I was an electrician. I was an apprentice electrician when I boxed. I worked up until I won the world title, by the way. I had two I had I worked and I, um, and I boxed. So, you know, I would have been an electrician, I think, like my dad was and, and, my, and my grandfather was an electrician's mate and my uncle did a bit of that as well. So, I think that I would have been doing something like that. So, your realistic trade could have been electrician. I would have earned more, earn more money. <laughs> and your fantasy trade would have been. Uh, Maybe I would have been a point, for the point guard for the Lakers. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I like it. I like it. But I mean, what is actually the shortest ever basketball player? No, there's been there's been five foot sevens and I'm five seven. But I think I'm a little bit shorter than that. But I'm I'm, I'm listed at five seven. I think I'm just under. But um, yeah, so you know, there, there has been shorter ones than me, but you have to be phenomenally good. Like, especially, I wasn't no good, I was rubbish. I mean, I, I played for my county and I had trials for Wales, but then there was only about six kids who wanted to play for the team anyway, and I couldn't get on it. There's <laughs> five in a team. <laughs> they, 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 didn't want, they didn't want to sub, I was so bad. No, but I love, I love basketball, so that's what I would have done if, if, I, if I was good at it. But I found, but I found what I was relatively good at. I think I, I, I've, I've never been as good at anything else except boxing. Do you remember the first ever fight you got into? Yeah, oh what, a boxing match? Nothing to do with boxing. Ooh, I, I, vaguely. Um, I've been picked on. I was, I was a happy-go-lucky kid, I was, and quite shy. My brother was, was uh, the other way, he was quite aggressive. Ginger, see. Right, ginger my brother was, so he took a lot of stick for that and, and something turned in him and then uh, I still call him Ginger now like, and, and he, lost, he lost his hair like 20, 30 years ago but I still call him Ginger <laughs> but um, so he did all the fighting for me I guess though I didn't really cause trouble but I was about you know, my nan Snowden Road I lived in then so I probably would have been about nine maybe and he made me fight this kid yeah I can't remember what happened I, I think I won I think I can't remember mind you yeah, but I was being bullied. You got the kid was bullying, right. and the brother was there, and he went and he came and jagged me. He said, "Come here," and he went and he said to the big brother, "You can shut up." Like you know, my brother's only three and a half, four years older than me, 
And he go and fight. And then I didn't want to fight the kid, and I had to, wasn't it? So, yeah, I don't know what it was, probably bang, bang, hold. <laughs> Did you have any concepts of fighting at that age? No, no, I, that, again, I didn't really go down to boxing gym until I was like nine and a half or something, so no. I wasn't really into massive into any sports back then. I, don't, I can't remember too much of, of that age because I'm punch drunk. But I, um, like I, I did sports, but I didn't have a passion for anything until, until boxing, really. And, and then basketball when I was about 13. But yeah, but boxing, I fell in love with boxing because it was. I'm hyperactive. Even, even now, I'm like 50 pretty much. And even though I can't keep still, I'm always fidgety like this all the time. And um, so as a kid, I wasn't, like, I wasn't aggressive, but I, I would have been. I Tagged it with something. I would be ADHD or something. They would have put me on drugs. That guaranteed. But boxing—that's why I like basketball and boxing because you're always involved. Even when you haven't got the ball in basketball, you're always involved. And, and boxing is again—it's always you doing stuff. Like other sports, the club was quite fast. So football—they put me in on, on in right midfield. But when you're eleven, no one passes. It's all down the middle. Or rugby put you on the wing. You're fucking on the wing when you're 12, 13, 14. And the ball never comes to you. So I get bored quite easily. Yeah. Talk to me about a time in your life, not again, away from boxing, that you felt as though you were fighting a losing battle in your life. Um, oh, I mean, I've had so many of them. Um, a lot of them since after I won the world title, ironically, um, and not boxing related. I mean, it all, it's all, everything's boxing related with me. That's unfortunately the problem. Yeah. But um, I guess when my, my eldest daughter, who's 30, now in, in October of this year, 2023, just in case you're watching on YouTube in 10 years' time. Um, it's, um, yeah, me and the most of it when she was young. And, um, and they did the right thing. They were, she went back to, like, in Cardiff, and they lived up by Chester. And they moved back up there. And that was quite hard, I would say. Like, the, probably the hardest thing ever, because, like, she's a little baby, and, it's, and she takes her. You know, and I, I'm, yeah, but she did the right thing, because she lives in a lovely area. She's lovely, and the lovely family. And where I lived was a shithole. Like, I love where I'm from, but, you know, I'd rather bring a kid up in a nice middle-class area than where I grew up. And, but the people, and I, I don't want to slag where I grew, I grew up because it was great. Yeah, people were great and lovely, but it was a work-class area, a council estate with not much money, so you want better for your kids. Money's not always better, but when you haven't got money, it always seems like money is the better option because you can do more and give them more and give them a better opportunity, and that's sort of true. So, yeah, that, but that was a hard time. That was because I was driving back to Chester uh, all the time, and it just seemed like I, this is not going to last. I'm going to keep doing this. And I tried as much as I could. And because me and the moment of the time, you know, we were still had feelings, I guess, you know, maybe her more than me and then me more than her or whatever it was, it doesn't matter. But, you know, and with feelings then becomes the arguing and the hate and all yeah. that. You know, anyone who's had kids and split up, they know, they know what it's all about. So it's, that was an issue, and, and that took a while. Now we're bestest friends. Now. Like, you'd think me and the man were still sleeping together, but so friendly. We're not, obviously. But you know, we're, we're, it's all just is what it is. You know, she's got a family and moved on and got a husband who's a better guy than I ever could be you know, as a person. And, you know, and I moved on with my family. With my, I got two new kids and stuff, so it's, um, and I'm a granddad. <laughs> no, like with two granddaughters. So you know, it's, it's turned okay. But that was hard. That was quite difficult. And, and then the, the losing battle was what I did with my life once the brain scan stuff set in. And, and after Freitas, when I just couldn't fight, I didn't want to fight. I, I just, like, it just, it, it killed me. And I didn't know what to do. I just, what to do with myself? Like, what the fuck? What, what can I do now? Like, I don't want to be an electrician anymore. Like, I've never, I've never done a lot. I, I was in a decent living, but I was never in loads of money. I was never mega famous. But it's, you know, that worst part where people know you, but they don't really know you. 
But you know, if you get a like, you know, if I if I'm if I'm collecting trolleys at Tesco's, which is nothing wrong with that, people are going to go, oh, look at him. You know, oh, he's a world champion, wasn't he? Was that bad? Or whatever. You know, it's and it's worse for people with bigger names. And it's because boxing, you know, just you're earning a wage, but not enough to sit. You know, unless you're a heavyweight or really super talent, you're not saying off to the sunset with loads of money. That's just the fact. And I was 25 when I had my last fight. So, and that 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 was hard. So I moved to London. With no no, what do you do? Move to London, spend more money. And I, and I saw and and then I got aggressive because I just pent up frustration and I had to find an outlet. So I started running a pub and the wrong so so I'm a frustrated little man. <laughs> I'm a little frustrated man with loads of issues who, who just keep swallowing it. And then I surround myself with fucking pissheads, plastic gangsters and all that crap like so that was a, that felt like a losing battle because I just thought, what the fuck am I going to do in my life here now? You know, literally, I didn't know. Like, I just, I begrudged everything for a little while. But you get through it, like everything in life. You know, you get through it. Put a smile on your face and you move on and you try and find a way and you surround yourself with good people, all that crap. I didn't do that. I just thought, well, somehow I just got, and, and I had a bit of luck, a bit of luck at the green and, and I met a couple of people and I got a bit of luck and I started doing a few little nice little easy jobs for other places and, so I could leave the pub. And then, and then, and then my life went on from there. Yeah. Then I, uh... What are the everyday battles for you today? Like everyone else, pay the mortgage, isn't it? I'm freelance, so, and I've had a good time with it lately, to be honest. But um, like I'm in a different country every month at the minute. But um, yeah, it's that. Just my mortgage. That's the biggest. That's my big. I've got young kids. I'm an old dad, so. Like, like like five and seven, and um, and thirty. That's the biggest age. That's the, the ranges of my kids. So it's kind of an old dad. It's, it's that worry about that. Got to keep earning money, and so you just never know. You no, know, I mean Abu Dhabi. I know. I mean Dubai sometimes, and I'm in Vegas and, and Poland. And but it's not always the case. So every month I am going to work. So I get to like the twentieth of every month, and I got no work, quite often, and then by the twenty eighth, I'm quite busy. So I'm quite lucky that, but and because I'm not a, I'm not a knock your door sort of bloke. I'm not, no, I couldn't sell anything, so I can't sell myself. That's my biggest downfall for me as a person. I can, I'm, I'm undersell myself continuously. I joke about myself. That's my little thing, isn't it? I take a piss about myself and and then um, self-deprecating. It's called, isn't it? But um, so I, I'm not very good at selling myself to other for, to uh, potential employees, employers. Because I'm thick as shit, and I and I keep going. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm all right, but I'm not that good. You know, I can't bullshit myself into any jobs. Why are you so harsh on yourself? I don't know. It's just the way I am. I don't know. I grew up in a place where you know, like if you big headed, you were brought down to earth. So you never would, would no matter how good you are. You know, it was like, whoa, that that don't fly here. Like you don't care if you're the best boxer on the planet or the, you know, the, or the biggest whatever whatever your life is. You're one of us, and so I sort of do that to keep myself level. And also, you know, it's, it's like, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. I just, I'm just the way I am, I guess. I never, I just don't like. Um, and I, and I, I joke about my world title stuff. I always put it down because I, because I love boxing, and I think there's too many world champions, too many titles. And I've thought that when I was boxing, but I'm a byproduct of that, and I benefit from that. So I'm thankful for it, but I'm also well aware, in in, in what it should be about. What what worth my world title and many others more than me? How much they really are really worth? So yeah, with that with that in mind, I, I sort of always put 
I'm a world champion. I was. You know, that's just gone. That's just a fact. But you know, there was there was a lot of other fighters in my way that were better than me, and that can be said for genuine world champions. But you know, with more tiles, there's more opportunities. But with more tiles, there's there's more fragmentation, which means you're not going to get the same quality of of a champion as you would have in the 80s, for instance, when there was only two. Something that never really gets questioned if if you're an undisputed champion, apart from that. If you're an undisputed champion, I suppose. No, but even though no, there are some fighters who you could just say, you know, if 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 Errol Spence never, you know, no, Errol Spence, genuine world champion. No, he just got people Crawford. Even if he didn't, even if you no, know, win the fight or not, he's a genuine world class fighter. Would have been a yeah, would have been a good fight in any era, and he's proven that. But you know, there's other fighters who slip through the radar, and I'm one of them. And there's and there's more than me. There's loads of us everywhere. And if we all stood up and said what I said, you no, know, what, what I've been saying for years, then, and I hope they would have, but no one did. Then boxing would be a better place because the, the boxers wouldn't believe it. No, boxers never so. But Jim McDonald had a chance to box for the WBO title in the early nineties. He turned it down. He'd be a world champion now. Jim McDonald turned it down because he was he didn't he didn't rate it at the, at the time for him. No, there was already the, by the way the WBO then, by then was already partly established because they, they had some good champions. The IBF is only a few years old. Um, Older than the WBO, but they had Larry Holmes as their flagship champion, so that gave him more credence automatically. Mm. So that gets more credit, but maybe it shouldn't. But nowadays, it don't matter what belt you got, because they're all great and shit in the same measure. But they are, they? They, they are, they? They all do great stuff and shit stuff, and, you know, in the same breath. So you know, there's no one. The WBC used to be the, the you know, the one that was that was held up as the highest, the best one you could win. But now it's maybe it's not. You even want to be the green, have the green belt. But they've made some of the worst decisions in recent times for, for their champions and bridge away now another one, all those things. And so the and the WBA is the oldest belt, by the way. Mm. And look at the fucking things they do. They have like four champions a weight. You know, they just make it, they're making their own rules. You know, it's ridiculous. So yeah, I got the best belt. There you go. <laughs> It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. I know you touched on this a little while ago, as in today and this, but would you call yourself like an emotional person? Like you mentioned there, yeah. about, like, you, you cried when Kobe Bryant died, uh, but didn't cry. Uh, yeah, so I am an emotional person. I, I mean, I don't, um, like, I'm not a crying and a screamer and, and all that, but I, I do, f I, I am a sensitive soul. And, and all boxers, I think. I think a lot of them are quite sensitive, but I, I think I am, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, things affect me like massive, like they do so. I, 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 we're trying to find that we're like unique. I think we're all trying to make it we're unique because we did boxing and, and we're not. 
know, like I think we all oversell it a little bit. But you know, like yeah, like I'm just as much as you are. You know, some things make me happy, some things make me sad. I could watch, you know, I I watch gruesome murders on the telly and not blink an eye, and then I watch it, like sports films make me make me weep up. <laughs> you know, those stupid sports films where they come back from adversity. I'm like that. Oh, this is so sad. Like you know, so you know, it's like yeah. But uh, things affect me. Like things, I don't care about fighters winning or losing. I don't care. I don't, I watch someone get knocked knocked out and not care. I can't read about kids. You had a dad now, you understand that. I can't read about kids no, or, or, or no, um, people hurting kids, you know, paedophiles, all that stuff. Kids can't read it. I don't, I, my missus goes, I go, don't fucking tell me. I can't because it'll stay in my head for weeks, by the way. I don't forget, by the way. I'm one of those guys. Like, I, I, I fuck, it stays in there. Like, even if I don't show it and I let it go, I'd never, I, I, I stare all the time. So people have upset me now. I met, I met one today. You'll never know who it is. And then um, they didn't do something massive to me, but they did something I didn't like. I had like, a few years ago, like work-related, and I can never forget it. They know what they don't know, I don't know. I've never said it to them, I never will. It's fucking great, this is now. Guess who? But, um, well, they're here today. Well, they might be, I, but, I, but I spoke to them today. Now, they might be in the UK over here. Who knows where, they, where I saw them. But um, I just, I can't, when I, I see them, I, the first thing I think of is, yeah, you fucking cunt. And then, and then I speak to him because you got to get it, you got to move on, haven't you, in life? But yeah, I always, I can never let it go in my head. And me, 15 years ago, would have just gone up and said, You're a fucking country, you are. And then he might have filled me in. I don't know. You know I'm not a hard man, I'm not a tough guy, but I would have said it because I couldn't keep it in back then. But as old as you get, you realize you've got to swallow stuff and move on. And having kids gives you that realization that you have to swallow stuff and move on because otherwise you'd be fucking stopping your car and fighting every guy who beeps you on at you, wouldn't you? You know what I mean? Which I, which I used to do, by the way. <laughs> but, so yeah, so I am, yeah, I, I can be quite emotional. How prominent do you think depression is in boxing? And has it affected you in your career? I, I don't, I, 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 no, yeah, I, 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 felt, I don't want to say depression because it's a serious issue. I think it is quite a, it's, it is quite a problem. Um, the problem you get with life is highs and lows in everyone's walk, but in, in sports, I think it's, it's, the highs and lows are greater because it's your ambition as a kid. All you want to be is a boxer, football, or whatever the sport is for us is boxing. So all I want to be is a world champion, I get it. And then three months, four months later, I'm told I've got a problem with my brain scan and I can't fight ever again. It's like, fucking hell, there to there. Like, it's like, it's like I, I told people, it's like winning the lottery. It was like winning the lottery, walking to the Camelot offices, opening the door, and the fucking ticket blowing on your fingers. Like, I have won, I've just won the lot. Oh, no, I can't prove it now. I am, no, yeah, that's what it felt like. I, I'm champion of the world. I'm, everything, I can't believe my luck. Everything I've dreamed of, and now I can't even fight again. So, so those highs and lows can make you sink really bad. The extreme highs and lows, aren't they? And it's like that for everyone, because it might be Commonwealth title and not fighting again. Or, or and I know loads of kids who were like 11 and 0, 6 and 0, 7 and 0 when I was boxing, and then they just don't fight again because they can't get a fight and they've got to work and they're no money. So they, but bear in mind, when we're all schoolboys, we're all going to be, a, we're all brilliant. We're all going to be a super world champion. Most of the kids who turn pro, they've all won those British schoolboy titles or junior ABAs. Peter Buckley, the journeyman who had 300 odd fights, he was a junior ABA champion. He turned pro with ambition. Yeah. And then realised either he wasn't as good as he thought he was, or he needed, he did more money selling tickets. Jordan Granham. Really good amateur boxer, can't sell a ticket, so he goes on the road and, he, and he's in more than most prospects. 
But you know, I couldn't do that. I can't swallow that. I don't. I, I mean, I got admiration for people like that, but for me, I couldn't do it. It was all about winning for me, competing, not winning. Competing was more important than winning. Winning is everything. But I mean, to be competitive in a fighter, that's all. I, that's all you can do is your best. And, and once you come against somebody's better than you, it's okay. But so depression and that, and also taking punches in the head, can't be any good for you. And the long-term effect can be bad, and that can that can trigger depression. Added with all the highs and lows shit you've got to go up, you've got to put up with as well. I know you're easily forgotten. I don't blame anyone for this, but you know, one day your promoter's you no know, promising you the world, and then you retire, and they don't even ask if you retired. That's what happened to me. So they weren't offering me the world, but I retired. I didn't have a big official. I didn't have a big statement. I just didn't box again. That was it. But no one ever phoned me. No one ever phoned from my, maybe Frank Warrens. I'm not digging them off. I'm not digging them out, sorry. Digging them off, I don't know what that means. I'm not digging them out. Because they, they give me, they got a world title to them. No, I, I'm, I'm indebted in that way. But, and, um, but they didn't, there was no phone call. And, I'm, and, I, don't, and I, think, I don't think I'm um, in a minority probably from in, in that, in that, in that um, regard. I would think that that happens to a lot. I just didn't box again and no one ever rang me. And it was like, but I didn't care. But I mean, if I did care, that would be a real problem. I mean, I, obviously I do care, because I just fucking mentioned it, but I didn't care at the yeah. time about that. Cause my, I just didn't want to know boxing, but that was, that happens, you know? And, they, and you can't blame them, because their life moves on. Because, you know, of all, you know, they, they, they're still working tomorrow and they're still building other fighters. And, they, you know, it's your responsibility to, 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 to badger them for work. That's your responsibility, to keep them on their toes, to make you get you work, and, and you should tell them. You just think someone should phone you somewhere. There's no, there's no like, um, I think the duty of care in boxing is, is not really there. And it's only there for the, the bigger names. I understand that because they're the ones you want to protect because they're the ones who are making you the living. People like me don't make fucking anyone a living. So that's, I think, so that, that depression thing in boxing could be added with the, all the, the trauma of taking punches to the head for 20 years for some of them. Then, yeah, it's, it's a real problem. I, I do say about boxing all the time that People always go going about the aftercare in boxing. And I think it's important. But if there was real aftercare in boxing, real aftercare, there'd be no fucking boxing. There'd be no boxing. If there was a proper aftercare scheme and you see boxers from the past, how damaged quite a few of them are, then it'd be a massive case to ban boxing for good. Of course it would, because it, it, it's, you know, fatality, because all, all people care about is, is fatalities in the ring. What happens whilst they're boxing, once you're retired, they forget about you. I had a problem with, with the brain scan. With my, with, with the problem with my brain scan was there might have been a, a chance when I had a problem with my brain scan. I didn't technically fail a scan at all, but there was, a, there was a, an issue with my scan that there was a possibility a fucking, that I might suffer from increased senility in later life. Might in later life. They're the two big words because might, no proof, and in later life, none of your fucking business. So my argument was that's a moral decision, not a medical decision, because there's no proof that there's anything wrong with me now whilst I'm a license holder. So what happens in my later life shouldn't be no concern of yours because if we're going down that pathway, well, I can go walk around now with the Xbox Association and bring a load of people to sue you then for, for damage. You know what I mean? I don't blame the British boxing, but it was a real bad time for them at the time. And the people involved, you know, the, I, personally, I didn't like any of them. But when I, no, now, they're just doing their job. They're trying to save their sport. And if some little fighter like me collapsed in the ring, 
totally unrelated to what my scam was, that would be drawn upon and, and the sport's in, in a bad place. So I understand that. But at the time for me, I didn't give a fuck. But that's what I say about the whole aftercare with boxing and 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 it's and the the brain damage and and you know depression and all that all it all ties up. I don't, you know I don't know what there's loads of things I've done over in, in the past that, that that I sort of regret. Um, but I I don't really know, mate. I don't think. See, I'm one of these guys who who I'm not really proactive, so things happen to me, and then I just react off that. Like my boxing, really. That's how I used to box. I was a reactive boxer, but I'm pretty much like that. So I find it hard to regret because I don't. I always think I, like, if I had a fight, I haven't had many. If I had a fight, you started it, or you know, if I've said something bad or something, you said something first. So I always, so I always have something in my head about that. But um, not really. Like I, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think there's anything. People, people who know me might watch this and go, there was loads of fucking things. But off the top of my head, now it's almost midnight. I can't really think of anything except for that one crazy story. Yeah. Who has been the biggest influence in your life away from boxing? My dad. And my grandfather. But I say my dad. My grandfather's my hero because he was just the nicest man I knew. Like, so I can never get away from that. And I feel sorry for my dad because yeah, like, he's, he's already like, Minus being a dad because he had such a great dad, can never be as good as him. But him, and it is again, it cannot be boxing related because, like, like my mum was great and all I know, and we grew up in a hard times and hard area and all the rest of it. But like, like he went, he went without, they went without so much actually, the pair of them. So I could, so me and my brother could chase a dream as a kid. So fucking like, you can't pay for that. You can't fucking pay that back. Can't pay it back. You know, he said win the world title pays it back, or you win, you know, going to the European, you win the Southern Europeans pays it back, or my brother winning British schoolboy title. They all, but you know, it doesn't, like, because they, they sacrifice stuff. And you don't, as a kid, you don't realise how much your parents are spending and costing. They had no money. Oh, you, you, know. you just don't understand, you. And all of a sudden, you go, fucking hell, like, you know, we didn't go on holiday, so my brother could go and box in, in Sweden, or, you know, I could go to Canada for the World Championships, and someone had to pay for that. You know, I never fucking paid for it. I'm 18, 17. I'm not paying for nothing, am I? You know, so yeah, that, that, yeah. So I, it's it's my parents, I guess. I like, I'm not really one of these. I'm not a mummy and daddy sort of guy. I'm on my own person. I always have been. So I'm not. I'm not really. I've been quite independent from like 16. But I still, even that, I've been independent from it. But I haven't been independent. I think I've been independent from 16. Mm. But it was always a. There was always a. We had no money, but there's always a comfort there, and there's always a always a parachute to save you if you if when you do things wrong. So even my dad, my dad straight away, I hit somebody once in a club. Nobody felt like he hit his head on the floor, and he and he and he was in a bad way, and I didn't know what to do, and I panicked, so I I went I run away, like you know, I fuck, I didn't have it. And anyway, I phoned a fucking taxi for him, and 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 put they sent takes me to the hospital, the taxi, I went for an ambulance, I didn't want to get arrested, and then. Um, he started on me, by the way. He picked on me. Let's just make that sure, right? He picked on me. Big, he wasn't big. He was bigger than me. And, but I just caught him. He's pissed. And he couldn't see. I've caught him. He fell on his back of his head. Mm. First one I found was my dad. I mean, I remember in London. He's down there. And I go, Dad, fucking, I think I've done something wrong here. And like, the first one, the first one to phone up was him. So you think you're independent. But when the shit hits the fan. All right, well... We're about to pick this back up, but we don't know really where it kind of ended. You were talking about the biggest influence being your grandfather and your father, your parents, yeah. as such. So 
I don't know, maybe you could just... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it, it, so it's my my parents, yeah. And I say my dad because it's again, it's all even though you don't want a boxing related story, it's all boxing related, unfortunately, because the the, the sacrifices they make, like all parents, we'll do it. You'll do it with your the sacrifice you make so your kids can live a can chase a dream. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. There was a kid, and it's it's it's. I might not I might not want to be a boxer next year. You know what I mean? Like, but they 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 sacrifice stuff, and we had no we didn't have a lot of money. He's working. You know, and, and all the time, and, and, and then I'm going to Canada. We've got to pay for that. And my brother's going to Sweden, the boxing tournament. Someone has to pay for that. And they go without. And, and, and you sort of don't appreciate it at the time because you just take it for granted. Mm. And you say, how oh, can I? And you can't pay that back. I can never pay. I can never pay back with the, the sacrifices. Certainly my dad made for me travel around the world, see me and my brother box on a shoestring budget and, and did it. And I, how can I pay you back? And he would say, well, you want a world title? Oh, you know, my brother won a British schoolboy title. I won a European silver medal. But, it, but it's not. It's, it, it's, that's not paying him back. Like, because I'm getting something out of that. So you know, and I and no and 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 I've always been quite a like um, I'm not like a mummy and daddy type of boy, you know. But I've been quite an independent person. You know, since I was 16, really. Mm. But then saying that, you know, I think I was independent. But at 16, I'm still relying on them for stuff. And, but I just don't think I am. But I've never been. No, I've always been my own sort of person, like not alone and as such. But I've always been my own sort of person. So you know, I never, I never really badgered them for stuff. You know what I mean? I, I, I live my own life. But my dad's still the first person. No, no, I, I, I'll call. Something's wrong. I maybe fifteen years ago, I had a fight with somebody who picked on me, by the way, and I. But and I just caught. He was drunk. I caught him with a big, with a shot. But he hit his head on the floor, and he was in a bad way. So the first person I phoned up was my dad. I felt a panic. First person I phoned, first person I phoned up, not an ambulance, my dad. Fucking hell, dad, I've done something here. I've done something wrong here, mate. You know, that was the first one I phoned up, and then he's going, well, I'll hang up the phone, Barry, like, and then phone, like, make sure the guy's okay first, and then ring me back, like, like so he's not breathing. He was breathing. I mean, he's not fucking breathing. He couldn't wake him up, like. It's not me, he's hit the floor with the wing, the big, big fat lump he was, and he's hit the floor, that's what's happened. But like, you know, I'm not proud of it. And you know, and if he was sober, he probably would have battered me, but it was just one of those things. Like, But I phoned him up, what the panic, the first. So all, so being an independent sort of guy, he's still the one I phone up. So, so you know, so it's them. It's them, my, my parents, because they, they do everything for you, and you don't realise until you're a parent yourself how much of a pain in the ass and, a beautiful pain in the ass is having kids, if that makes any sense. You must understand that. Yeah, it's, it's, lovely, to anyway. it's the loveliest thing ever, but it's a constant fucking worry and a pain in your ass. <laughs> How old are you now? I'll be 50 in May. 50 in May. Yeah. If you could go back in time, yeah. so you're 50, let's just call you 50. Yeah, 50, 50 I think so, yeah. You can go back in time now, and you can go and advise a 25-year-old Barry Jones. You've got five minutes. What would you say to a 25-year-old Barry Jones? Um, if you could say anything. Fuck, yeah. It's never too late. And I mean I mean that with um, opportunities and, and stuff. Because bear in mind, 25 is a good age. Cause I, I done my last fight at 25, and I thought, what am I going to do? I can't do anything. On paper, I can't do nothing. And I think, looking back now, 25, I could have been anything I wanted to be. Within reason, you still have the mental capacity, but I could have done lots of stuff, and it, it would be that, and 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 certainly be more, um, 
be riskier. I would say. I think that's probably more than anything. Be riskier. Don't take any risks, me. Very risk averse. Not very brave. In in life, I don't think I. I don't think I am. I think that would be it. Like I had a chance to like do the boxer size thing and it's really posh, posh, like brand new state of the art thing. And they were like um, and boxer size wasn't like boxing training within a, within like a, in the in the fitness industry it wasn't really around at the time. And it was a place in Kensington. And he was a lovely bloke and I met him through a barrister who, who got my license back actually, Bertie Lee. And like that would have been a career path for me. And I think I would have been good at that. I think I would have made a fortune doing that. And I lost my ball because I had a job running running a pub for an ex boxer. And I, oh, but like 25, I was 27 then, but like, you know, at that age, fucking just do it today. What's, what's the worst that can happen? I had, no, I had my daughter, but like she's already given away, you know, and, and, and no, so it was a different sort of different setup for me then. I had a bit of, bit of more of a, they weren't solely relying, I was paying for my daughter, but they weren't solely relying on me, wanting to be on an end all. If I didn't, if I didn't pay, I was just another scumbag dad. I didn't want that. But I mean, you know what I mean? It's not like she don't she goes on food. If I don't. I could have took a risk. I could have took a gamble, and I never. And I don't really do that. And I wish I could now still, because mm. then, because then, my dad will say, "But you're only fucking fifty. Take a risk." And so I would say that, be risky, be brave, just fucking go. For like I would in the ring. I would. I would fight anybody. I mean, I. I would. I want to fight the fighter, but I would fight anyone. I wouldn't scare the box anyone. I wasn't, I wasn't scared of losing, I didn't want to lose, I wasn't scared. I just go, go for it. And if I get beat up, I get beat up, I, I can take it on the chin. I've never been, and I've been like that with anything. If people pick on me, I go, I, I go fucking, I don't want to fight, but I'm not going to fucking want to run away. You'll be the, the, the first fucker to film me here, mate. You know what I mean? So like, but, but like, certain situations you're brave because you're comfortable in, in what you can do. In other situations where you don't know if you can do it, I turn into a shithouse. So it'd be that. Fucking be brave in your life. Yeah. Bit of a random one, this one. What, what song explains your life? If there was a song. Fucking hell. It can be the title rather than the context of the song, if you choose to be. Oh, that's, really, that's a really hard one, is mate? Um... I would say, and it's not really the song, but the the words "Design for Life" by Manitou Pictures, um, because I've tried too hard to to design my own life without having like living it. Do you not make any sense? So like, like I I I'm like sometimes I'm fucking weird when I talk. Like you want things to be the way you want them to be all the time, and and I and I and I so I think this is I had an idea, a design of what my life should be. Especially when I started to be successful at boxing, I thought this was going to be, and then anything around, anything that diverts from that, I can't understand. Oh, fuck that! I, I don't want that. I don't like things that splinter off like that. So the design for life is how I want. Like I, this is what I want. The idea of my life. So this just, I just want that. I don't want anything else. I just want that. I didn't want to be famous. I want to be a world champion. I didn't want to be rich, but I wanted enough money not to worry about money, which is. Rich, really, isn't it? You know, do you know what I mean? But I don't want to be. I don't. Really, I don't really drive around in big, massive supercars and all that crap. Plane. I don't want Nas money. No, I don't want. I don't. I mean, I'd have it. I love it. But I mean, I don't. I, but I. And I don't want Nas fame. 
I, but I want I want to just be I want to be a champion and be, be able to have a few defenses in my belt and so I had the design of what I wanted I mean genuinely I, I had a contract when I'm on the title I had a contract for four defenses like, that's what I want I don't I don't care, I don't care if I get that that just cements for what good I for what I think I could good I can be and, and where, anything else from that is a massive bonus but that's what I wanted but once I set my mind on that that design of my life then when that didn't happen fucks me up, I can't get my head wrong there. Same with like with this job now. I've got to design what I wanted what I want what I wanted to be. And at the minute it's not quite there. But time's running out in my life. But when I take stock I look back when I take stock of what I'm doing, I should be happy. I should be over the moon happy. Like like I'm busy and I'm working all the time and you know, but I'm always thinking this is not what I want to be. I wanted to be the I wanted this role for this I want to be stuck in one company doing this role and be more valued and be, you know, and, and set up and stuff. Yeah, design for life. I don't know the song, but I will yeah. give it a listen to. Yeah, well, I have to drag that out because I didn't really have a, I didn't really have one. I but know, I, to be honest with you, that's yeah. the sort of thing I probably could have told you about before we did this. This is good. Well, look at it, mate. It's like, it's midnight and we're in, we're in like, we're in... in Wherever the, we are. In the United States. Well, we could be anywhere. We're anywhere. Guess where we are. Uh, right, last one. Answer this however you see the question, or however you perceive the question. What what still drives that fight within you when you get up in the morning? What is what is it about you that, like I said, when you get up in the morning, it just that still kind of drives every aspect of your life. Um. Yeah, it's, I don't want to sound too cliche, but um. I don't know. I can be better, I think, maybe. So yeah, you're always thinking, like, oh, if I can, I do, I can be better there. I can do better. Let me do better today. And, and I don't, and I don't every day sit. I'm not one of these. Every day I'll do a little bit better. I don't like. That. I don't think that. But I do. You know, when I'm working, I always think like, let's do a better job than last time. No, it doesn't always work that way, of course. Mm. But I always that's that's sort of my thing. I just be better than, than what I am, but ultimately to do my very best. I think that's that's what my thing is. I know my limitations to to, to an extent, and I know oh I'll be perceived. We are just picking this back up. But it's to do. You don't have to say that. Cause I had exactly the fucking sentence I was on. Uh, but but it's also to be like for your kids to see that you're trying, consistently trying, because I think it's important. You learn off your, like, because you learn off your parents. You, you, you mimic what you see. So being the best, my, no, my son taught him about boxing, he's talks about boxing now. And I don't, my, my belts are hidden away. I don't have them on display. I don't have nothing boxing on display. He knows I work in boxing. He knows I've been a world champion because of the job I do. But he's young. I don't want to box. And people, all these boxers say they don't want their kids to box. They need the boxing. I genuinely don't want them to box. Fucking no, why would I? Why do I want to see my son get punched in the face? I'm not, no chance. I don't judge anyone else for wanting their kids to do it, whatever, you're, that's, that's your choice, and it's a great sport to do for, for mental health and, you know, and well-being to a level. But when it comes serious, it's not, it can, it, the fun goes out of it a little bit, and, and it can get dangerous to a point. The fitness levels and your confidence levles is brilliant. But to see my, my son, to see trying all the time, I told him to try. Whatever you do, do, you, do your best at this. So, you, so that's why I try and think, Let's just do my best at that. If and then I can, I, mean, I can tell him I've done my best. 
I don't want to be telling him bullshit and telling him something I'm not. Do you know what I mean? You know, they say, oh yeah, I've always did my best, and think, oh, I never fucking did my best. I, f I coasted. And that's it. Really. Well, you've looked at your life as being a bit of a coaster. I no, do that. No, I am a coaster, but I mean, but when I, but when I got something to do, I'll do, I'll try and do the best I can. Yeah. So, but I don't like, I don't, and I wish I could. And I said this about, if I tell my younger self, I would be, go out searching for work. I have to do it right now because I'm freelance now. For, you know, since about 2018, I've been genuinely freelance. So I've had to go out sourcing work. I'm not great at it. I could be better at it. I'm more forceful, but uh, yeah, but it's, it's hard because you've got to tell people how great you are. It just sounds like a wanker saying it, doesn't it? But, but you know, to get more work, you've got to sell yourself, but sell yourself, you've got to tell people how good you are. And that's weird. So, so I do, so the coasting bit is I'll just you know I, I, I do coast a little bit too much, but when I got a job, then I'll do that job the best I can. I don't, I, I mean, I don't massively study, I know, because I know my subject quite well now, so I'll, I'll know what I'm seeing, I think. But there's a lot of fighters I don't know about, so I make sure I've done enough research on that fighter. Not their life, I don't even know about their life, that's the main commentator's job, but to know about their career and about how they fight, I need to know that. And so I make sure I get, I get that done. And so when I go to it, like I do a show now, a lot of these fighters I've never seen box, I've had to go and find them on YouTube. And if I, haven't, if I can't find them on YouTube, then I'll be honest and say it. But I mean, I'll, but I'll, I'll know I've seen them enough to know how they set up, how their stances, what their strengths and weaknesses are. And you have to do that work. You know, being, just being a great talker, which some people are, you know, is not enough. So that, that so I'm, my work ethic there is, is, is better than, as good as anybody's. I mean, I'll, like, when, I'm, when it's time to work, I'll work. But getting work, that's when I coast a little bit. I'm hoping it's just people are just going to come to me. So, um, yeah, that's why you, that's why you know, you don't offer me any work. <laughs> I'm looking for the job. <laughs> that's, that's why you let me into your uh, abode here in uh, wherever we are. Yeah. Barry, listen, much appreciate your time. I do appreciate it's late, uh, but yes, love that chat, to be honest with you, because there's a lot of stuff there that I didn't know myself. Yeah, I sort of regret some of it now, so we should go back and do it again and be more sensible. No. Yeah. One take wonder. Do you know what? I am a one take wonder as well. I, I, you think just say what you say in it. That's what I felt at the time. You could ask me tomorrow and I'd say loads of different stuff. Um, guys, thank you very much for listening. We will see you next week on Raw the Fight Within. Make sure you comment, like and subscribe. Barry, thank you very much. Cheers, mate. We are out. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.